Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. You, you look like you're, you're pretty good today. Your hair's combed nice. You don't look tired, so don't worry. It's only me. I'm the only one that would have noticed, uh, so you're good to go. 31 minutes later. Well, yeah, but you, could, you could be more hay in the barn. I'm Stop writing the book. There's more hay in the barn. Stop. You're wasting your time I, writing the book. There's more stories in the NFL to be written about. Forgot about oh, that. That escalated quickly. <laughs> it did. You know, it's funny, though. We rarely disagree, but when we do, it becomes a knockdown drag out pretty quickly. And then it's just gone. It's like it never even happened. Yeah, I get it's... emails from viewers who say, the kids get scared when mom and dad fight. Please stop. So, right, right. Uh, but it, it really, but you never know when it's going to happen. It could pop up out of nowhere. Well, I have a feeling I... it won't happen in this segment because I think we pretty much agree on what we're about to talk yeah. about, but you never know where it's going to happen. I think we're mature enough to just argue about a subject and not, it doesn't get personal. You know, it's it's not. It's it's never personal. I mean, really, in this whole business and what I do, I mean, it, it's not personal. It's not. It, it's part of the business. Evaluating players. That's what's horrible is sometimes the job becomes personal just within its natural ways, but uh, it's not. And, yeah, I don't think you and, my, you and I have ever really carried every, anything over to after the show or, like, ever. I don't remember that. And this is, what, year five for us together? So – we got a pretty good track record. Yeah, six. Six, damn. Six. <laughs> six. Wow. It only feels like an eternity. <laughs> uh, yeah, six. So, uh, uh, and it's been seven years since the NFL's teams have decided not to pick up the fifth year option on so few players. The record low was 2016. I think that is, was it 16? It was 17. Yeah, you joined me in, I can't freaking remember. 17. It was 17. So a year before that, there were only 17 players picked up uh, for their fifth-year option. This year, the record low of 12. And the reason is simple. The big reason is it's now fully guaranteed when exercised. That's the main reason. 
Before the 2020 CBA, it wasn't. So this new system is coming into fruition and it's really taking root. And we're seeing what happens when teams don't want to make that commitment of fully guaranteed fifth year salary. And you throw in the COVID year, there was an infringement on the ability to properly scout because yes, there was the combine, but then the pro days all got wiped out. So maybe you're making some bad decisions and you bring in some guys you shouldn't have and you find out the hard way, probably shouldn't have used a first round pick on that guy. So you don't pick up the fifth year option. He's still on the team for one more year. He becomes a free agent next year. You either re-sign him, franchise tag him if he ends up being great, or you let him walk away. But only 12 of those guys who were taken in round one are now committed into 2024 yeah well I, I you know i think when you when you look at the list the ones that were committed to 2024 as far as the fifth year option they were just no-brainers right it's like you know the the argument you make all the time about like i mean the guys in the hall of fame we don't even have to think about it it's blah 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 and i feel like you know for the most part that list is there right i think maybe i i wondered a little of jerry judy just because he's how to deal with some things. I wasn't sure what they would do there, but overall, I think it's kind of a duh. And Tua, Tua right? Tua, that was the we other talked one. about Tua. Yes, right. So th- those are two where I was like, oh, I don't know how that's going to you know, play out. And Judy, some of the comments made by Sean Payton, I wasn't sure. So, you know, but I, other way, I think the, the rest of this group just hits you in the face and you go, okay, no brainer. And then you look at, you know, you mentioned, yeah, the 2020, the COVID issue. And then when you look at the list of the guys not exercised, you know, one, yeah, you got some guys that have underwhelmed. The other thing you look at, too, is go, there's a lot of injuries with the guys that, you know, had a decline. Chase Young, injury history. Makai Becton on the left there, injury. Javon Kinlaw, injury history. Austin Jackson, injury history. You go on the right column, Kenneth Murray, injury. Jordan Brooks, injury. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, injury. So, you know, I know there's some swings and some misses in there, too, but there's also injuries that play into this and you know then teams going oh well he got hurt I don't know if we want to invest and guarantee that money and we don't know exactly what he is and that plays into it as well yeah and look the one guy not on either list is Jordan Love because he did that contract which is kind of a hybrid it's not really picking up the five-year option it's not really declining it but yeah, it's that right. new category that we talked about earlier so uh and and we'll see if this trend continues because in 21, there was no scouting combine. I don't think any of the pro day workouts happened. If they did, maybe they were just starting to come back on a limited basis. I just can't remember. It's a blur of the past couple of years. But uh, maybe there were scouting issues in 2021 as well that impaired the ability to make the best possible decisions. And we'll see what the first year, uh, first round class uh, does when we get to this next year. But it's an annual thing. And this is the year that so far, since they've hatched this fifth-round option back in 2011, this is the worst. One of the last ones to come in, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, the final pick in round one that year. You and I both pegged the Chiefs as taking him. It was a clear need they had. He started off great. We talked about that yesterday. He had 100-plus rushing yards against the Texans. Week one, Thursday night of the 2020 season, the night that Andy Reid wore the the face shield that got all fogged up. But Edwards-Alaire... Not living up to the billing no. that would justify the fifth-year option. Still on the team, but also back on the team, Jarek McKinnon. Right. And they have Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah, Edwards Alaire is just not the guy they're going to build around for the future. My guess is he's there one more year, and if he comes back, it'll be on a, a fairly low contract, right. one-year type deal for 2024. Yeah, I, I agreed. You know, it's it's been good, but there's been the injuries. There's been a little bit of, you know, yes, he's smaller. And then also... 
you know, I think where like a guy like, you know, I, I misevaluated Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I always call this like a little bit of the Peter Work syndrome. And I also worry about this with Jackson Smith and Jigba, who just got drafted at number 20 with the Seahawks, where tremendous quickness, tremendous ability to make people miss, right? And it works in the college, but in the NFL, oh, wait, I made one guy miss. Now I'm running up and I'm about to make the second guy miss. But the fact that I'm not that fast, the first guy already caught up that I made miss and he tackled me before I could even shake. The lack of speed is what I'm talking about, has heard Clyde Edwards-Solaire. Straight line speed. And I know a lot of people out there look at it and go, well, why not give them the fifth-year option? It's $5.5 million. It's chump change for, you know, running back position. But as, like, Pete has put it in the sheets here, you know, that's the 16th highest paid running back in football. Well, you don't give money out, you know. You don't give 16th highest paid uh, type of contract to a guy that's nowhere near a top 16 type running back. That's not good business. He's third running back on his own team. So where do you think he is in the rest of the league? We can't just go, well, $5.5 million is not that much, so we'll just throw it out there because it doesn't matter. No, you got to play the business aspect. The value is he's somewhere probably in the 40s as far as the league running backs or whatever, and they don't want to throw $5.5 million out to that kind of player. They can get another good player on the roster or two players you know, for that type of money. So you know that's where... You know, it's it's a tricky business, and it's not easy all the time for these teams or the player, of course. Well, that's right. And look, you just find out one game at a time, one year at a time, does this guy have what we thought he was going to have? Does he fit the way that we believed he would? And you got to make a business decision. And I don't even think it was that difficult. No, I don't think it was either. It lingered I'm for a while. Right. I don't know whether they let it linger to be respectful to right. the player. Were they, were they maybe trying to work out a deal with him where they would – extend his contract for a year who knows who knows but uh i think that that based upon the way he's performed uh, yeah you just you just don't pick it up and you move on and you've got that stable of guys with pacheco and mckinnon back it's amazing mckinnon was available as long as he was i know he's been around for a while he's older but man he just has he has pop in that offense and no one else is really picked up on it remember he was going to be such a great piece of the 49ers puzzle he lost two seasons to a knee injury ultimately only played one year in San Francisco and he's gone into this one year at a time phase with the Chiefs and he's back and I think that he makes that offense just a little bit yeah better right um Jets declining Makai Becton look that's another one and we talked about it yesterday he he was he was injured a lot there was a lot of hope there still is a lot of hope that's right but not enough to justify picking up that fifth year option he still could be a great player for them this year he could put them in a tough spot where they have to make a big decision for 2024 but the easy decision for now is we're not going to make that commitment since it's fully guaranteed at the moment that it's exercised yeah that's right and I think that's smart too it's you know we got to see more He's got to be out there. He's got to play. We got to see, you know, what kind of player he can be if he can stay healthy for, you know, a consistent period of time. So, I think in the perfect world, yeah, Makai Becton has an awesome year and yeah, he does make life hard on the Jets. And 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 then maybe the Jets can get him on a, you know, 2-year deal for a good chunk of money, but nothing crazy, whatever. I mean, his talent is franchise left tackle. We know that. Or right tackle, whatever you want to say. I mean, when he's on the field, he is extremely noticeable, not only because of the size of the human being, but because his movement for the size he is and the power he has, I mean, it's it's all special. 
So hopefully he can stay healthy for Aaron Rodgers' sake, for the Jets fans' sake, and uh, for his sake so he can capitalize on it after the year. Um, and, and it would be great for the Jets if he can pull it together. It would be great for him. It's not a death sentence for your NFL career if someone doesn't pick up your fifth-year option. No. It could be the thing that, that, that pushes you to the next level like it did with Daniel Jones. As we talked about earlier, the Giants may have thought that was exactly what he needs. For some of these guys, it may be exactly what they need. For Chase Young, it might be exactly what he needs, the impetus to rediscover the form that made him the defensive rookie of the year. And look, the problem is, and, and this is why we always say get what you can while you can, because that injury that happens can derail everything. It can completely scrap your financial outlook and put you in a position where you never get the big contract as a veteran or as a second contract with the team that drafted you. It just doesn't happen. And for some of these guys, for all these guys where it wasn't picked up, that's all now hanging in the balance, Chris. Yeah, no, exactly right. And then and that's, you know, hey, that's life in the NFL as we know, right? It stinks. It's not easy. But for the most part, you know, other than a few guys on every team, you're fighting for your life on a yearly basis. And you're fighting to perform at the highest level so you can capitalize on that next year or two and hopefully maybe get – Whoa, I can get two or three years of security. Let me have a let me ball out this year so I can get some money and get two or three years of security so then I can do it all again, right? And that's the beauty of the business because it makes it extremely competitive and it's hard to tank or get guys to, you know, put their foot off the gas pedal that way. Uh, but it's also the brutality of the business. And, you know, I've been a, a benefactor of a little bit of both sides of that, that, that's, that side for sure. Benefactor, beneficiary, tomato, you tomato, know, to the, regardless. You know what I word. mean. Stinks. <laughs> you used the word stinks, and I'm glad you used it. I focused on it. I locked onto it because when we return, something to me stinks about, not something about me stinks, although who knows? We're always the last ones to know. But something stinks as it relates to the tampering situation between the Cardinals and the Eagles. Jonathan Gannon, the man at the center of it, addressed reporters yesterday. I got some thoughts. If you're an Eagles fan, stick around. If you're a Cardinals fan, turn the run channel. And hide. More dun, dun, live dun. right after this. He's stirring the pot. There are no Cardinals fans, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Michael, this is Monty Ossipport, the uh, GM at the Arizona Cardinals. How you doing, bud? What's going on? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Where are you at right now? I'm just at home in uh, Simi Valley. I just got family and friends here. Family and friends. Okay. Well, yes, sir. Michael, you're about to have some good news for him, buddy. Uh, we're, <laughs> All right. We're on the clock right now. We're about to make you an Arizona Cardinal. Ah, oh, man. <laughs> That's exciting, man. I, I mean, can't. Thank you so much. I. Hey. Hey, we like everything you're about, okay? You're yes, big, sir. you're physical, you know how to run routes, you catch the ball, okay? This, yes, is exci- this is an exciting night for you and your family, all right? Michael, congratulations. Thank you so much. I promise. I did. You just guys got to steal the drive. I'm, thank you so much okay. for taking me. Michael Wilson getting the phone call from the Cardinals brass. That was the pick in round three at a lower level as yeah. a result of the flip 94. flop of Eagles Cardinals picks due to the Jonathan Gannon tampering situation. Now, now, and I, I appreciate the fact that Michael Wilson was so happy to be drafted by the Cardinals. A lot of injuries, he Mike, he's had Cardinals. to deal with. So that's Cardinals part of it too. who are drafting him. Yeah. Cardinals. And I'm sorry, but, you know, you better bring your lunch money. You literally need it if you are playing for the Cardinals, although <laughs> I suppose they have changed that rule by now. Hey, I- I'm sorry. They made their bed. They're going to be sleeping in it for a while. Now, they made a different bed. And this thing is weird to me, Chris. It goes back to Thursday night of last week where we're locked in. We're getting ready, preparing for the draft. You're outside smoking a little something before you settle in next to Ahmed to do your reaction. Exactly video. right. I mean, it was literally five minutes before the draft began. The announcement comes out that the Cardinals and the Eagles have resolved a tampering investigation involving impermissible contact between Cardinals GM Monty Austin Ford and former Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon at a time when the communications weren't allowed. And in lieu of the NFL kicking ass and taking names as it does when it rarely enforces the tampering rules. It does it every once in a while. The last time I think that, well, tampering obviously enforced last year against the Dolphins with a first-round pick forfeited for tampering blatantly with Tom Brady and Sean Payton. Before that, it was the Chiefs who called up receiver Jeremy Macklin during that window where you can only talk to the agent, you can't talk to the player. God forbid they talk to the player and they gave up a third-round pick plus for that. Rarely does it get enforced. Yeah. It got enforced via a negotiated settlement, something unprecedented. It doesn't seem fair. It's without precedent. It doesn't seem fair. It It doesn't seem. It doesn't make sense. No. Hey, you kids, work it out among yourselves. No. The league office is in charge of this. It's a blatant violation. Blatant. They admitted to it. They did it. The league should impose punishment. It shouldn't be, hey, you work it out among yourselves. From the get-go, the fact that that was how it was resolved and that it was all brushed under the rug just as we're focused on the start of the draft. They knew what they were doing when they announced that when they did. They wanted no one to pay attention to it. 
Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. The great and powerful draft is about to begin. That's why they did it, because they didn't want people asking questions. Because I think they know if enough questions are asked, the answers are going to just collapse. And it's all going to be a big sham hiding something deeper than a phone call. That's what I believe. And that's kind of the background to where we are as we move forward with it. But the whole thing was just weird, Chris. It was just weird how it was hidden. They did their best to hide it from everyone. It, 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 it's it's unprecedented. I mean, you kind of alluded to it on Monday. I mean, yeah, you, you just said the examples there. You know, we, we never saw anything like this, the, the trading of compensation and doing all of that. That's where I just want to go, where did this come from? This is a little bit of like, yeah, hashtag we're making it up as we go. That's what it seems like a little, you know, and yeah, if I'm one of the other teams who, you know, maybe was cheated in years past, I'm going, well, why didn't I get to trade picks with the team that tried to steal my coach? So that's where it just does not seem fair all the way. And, you know, again, I, I, Hey, like I want to sure Jonathan Gannon, Monty Austin for it. They should know not to do that. But you and I know this is so it always happens. It always happens. Oh, right. I, this is always going on behind the scenes to where Mike. Put I a pin in that. Well, Put okay. a pin in that. Okay. I know. Okay. I know. Okay. But I got. I got something for you. All right. Let me I just finish the one, up. one last thought, and I, and All you right. can take the floor here. It's just that it makes me wonder if there was really more to this, and they're just not letting it on. Right? Exactly. Okay. Okay. That's exactly. that's why we're friends. Go ahead. Exactly. Yes. I feel like there's more to this. Yes. This isn't the garden variety, run-of-the-mill right. tampering. I right. feel like there's something more that they don't want us to know about. Yeah. Like, like, like they met. It was like Monty flew to Philadelphia something. and met with Jonathan. Yeah, I'm just throwing out examples. I don't know, but right. Jonathan Gannon didn't talk to the media at all during the draft. He was shamed into doing it yesterday, and inevitably he was asked the question about the tampering. Here's what he had to say about the phone call that he took that he knew damn well he shouldn't have taken from Monty Austin for it right after the NFC Championship game. Have a listen. You know, it's a mistake that we made, and um, the league kind of rectified it, and we've moved on. But basically, after the NFC Championship game, Monty reached out, and, um, you know, kind of said, hey, you know, congratulations. He's been to some Super Bowls and and uh, gave me a little advice about how to handle that and said, look, like I'm in we're in the middle of a coaching search and don't know how the timing of this is all going to shake out. But basically, would you be interested in interviewing if the timing gets pushed back till after Super Bowl? And I said, yeah, I would be. And um, then I didn't hear about it until after the, the game that we played when Howie came up and talked to me about, hey, you know, Arizona wants to interview you. So, um, you know, I, I uh, um, you know, it was a mistake that we made, and um, I apologize for that. And, um, you know, looking forward to moving on now and, and getting going. So that's kind of the story on that one. Drew reports out of Philadelphia that... It wasn't a conversation. It was a Zoom interview. Can you? No, no, it was not a Zoom interview. Um, it was a phone call. And, um, you know, I've talked to Monty before, you know, a couple years ago, a year ago or whatever. And I picked up and, you know, that's impermissible contact. So that's what it is. And the league handled it how they wanted to handle it. And, um, you know, like I said, looking forward to moving on. Well, he picked up, but he didn't hang up right away when he realized who it was. He didn't say we can't have this conversation. He had the conversation. Now, now, assuming that everything he said is true, okay, and I'm not sure it is because, like you, I think there's more to this story. Yeah, I do too. But let's just focus on – Right. let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. 
Let's, even, even though he bragged a week and a half ago when they unveiled the new uniforms that he doesn't tell the whole truth to the media. L- let's assume that he was telling us the whole truth. Think about the impact of that as you're getting ready for what is supposed to be the game of your life. Defensive coordinator of the Philadelphia Eagles getting ready to face Patrick Mahomes and company in the Super Bowl with a superior roster, your favorite to win. Your full focus should be preparing for that game, right? But what do you know? Simply by taking that phone call, you know you're going to interview with the Cardinals after the game. That creates necessarily a distraction, Chris. Necessarily something he's going to be thinking about when he otherwise could be thinking about stopping Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Every second he spent during that two weeks thinking about that next interview. And who knows what he did or didn't do to act on it. Lining up staff members, mapping out his outline, anything that he did, knowing he was going to have that interview for roughly two weeks in advance, anything he did to prepare for it took away from his preparation for the Super Bowl. And I I don't – look, I can already hear people saying, oh, he can do both. You shouldn't be doing both. You're trying to go win a Super Bowl. Your sole focus in life, every waking moment until that game has ended, is that game. And Chris, you know, it's funny. When I was writing it today, it hit me. What was the thing that we knew was the big flaw in the Eagles' defense? What was the big flaw? Well, with the well, well you, you know, talked about. It. I know the, the motions, the adjusting the big of the flaw? things, the emotions, the formations. Right, it's something I broke down a lot before the game. Right, were they, right. Were, were, were they ready for it? No, were they ready for it no, when it happened? No, they obviously about, messed well, huh. up. Yeah, right. And oh, oh, and and when did when did the Chiefs use the same play that was used in the Super Bowl? That really was the moment the pendulum swung in Kansas City's direction. Yeah, but had they had they just drawn it up for that game, or had they used it before? Right, they had used it one before against Arizona, actually. Right, early the first game of the year. Yep. Yeah. So all right, we knew. I hear. I, you. I mean, I look at it this way. Yeah. I look at it this. I, I mean, and and again. Uh, I don't think this becomes a thing unless the Eagles found out and got really pissed off. Right. Because, look, the way it's been sold to us, and, and we know we know they lie to us all the time. We know it. Let's just accept the fact. The NFL and the teams lie to us all the time because they don't want us to know the truth about certain things. They are having us believe that Monty Austin Ford had some sort of crisis of conscience. Oh, I made a phone call I shouldn't have made. We should self-report. Who the hell self-reports? To your point, everybody violates the rule. This is the easiest thing to justify looking the other way on. No harm, no foul, we move on, okay? That's what would have happened 99.99% of the times. But maybe, Chris, there was harm in this foul. And you know how buttoned up the Eagles are? They blow a 10-point lead in the second half of the Super Bowl. My guess would be they did a full study of what in the F went wrong. And in the course of doing the full study of what in the F went wrong, they maybe poked around a little bit on somebody's phone. Maybe. I mean, we, we already knew he was a candidate for the well, job. Okay. Right? So- we poke around a little bit on his phone. We poke around a little bit in the emails. We find out exactly what was going on here. We find out maybe this rabbit hole's a little bit deeper than a phone call. They get pissed. It goes to the league level. The league doesn't want all that getting out because it makes everybody look bad. If the cheating is that over the top, if it undermined the integrity of a Super Bowl, if it was so bad that it undermined the integrity of the Super Bowl, 
We are going to cram cement into that rabbit hole before anybody even begins to ask questions about it. My spider sense, my pasta and meatballs are telling me that there was a big, ugly mess and the league talked the Eagles into letting it go because it was going to make everybody look bad if the truth came out. That's my gut feeling. They're never going to tell us the truth. But that's my gut feeling. Well, I I, I don't disagree. I, all right, so there's some things I totally agree with. Them. There's some things I want to pose some questions for here. One, I'm I'm I'm. There has to be more than the conversation. There just has to be. Like you said, it goes on everywhere. There's no way to stop it. You know, it's it's everywhere. It's yeah, sometimes you get caught, sometimes you don't. But this is what's going on. Back channel connections to start the conversation of, hey, we're going to have an open spot. We'd like to hire you down the road. Everybody breaks those rules. Everybody. All right. I got to think that there was more to that. And that's why the Eagles made it more of a big deal. You know, to your point, whether they how do they to, find out? Right, but that's my point. Yeah, how no, do they find I out? I know, I don't. He's not going to tell them. No, you're you're exactly right. He's not going to tell them. So they're 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 they must have found out more, right? And then made it a big deal to the league, right? To now that the league steps in and tries to get this done. To you know, oh wait, whoa, wait, yeah, there was some issues here, and whoa, it, you know, damn, the Cardinals did you know infiltrate the Eagles and Jonathan Gannon a little too much there to where it, it, it I I would I understand the Eagles being pissed off. I mean that's how it looks and, right now. And, and hey yeah. the two plays the two plays that brought down the Eagles were the inability of the Eagles defense to react to motion. Right. The now, one touchdown that right. was from week one and right. then the other one later where it was kind of a screw up and it was the same pivot motion right. that we knew was their problem. Yeah. Well, it was the what well, the exhaust port in the Death Star. Exactly. That was the way to take down this Eagles team, and they weren't ready for it. No, Why? they weren't. It's been a no, you're good. Was They're, ready. Was he's getting ready for his next job? Well, oh, okay. So now let's That's get into that. Let's get into that cup. First off, it was a problem for them all year. As as I I broke down even two weeks before the game, and two weeks to fix it. I know you're right. Right. I'm, I'm not, and, and they know about it, so they got to fix it. But but let's let's just play this out a little bit. Let's be sensible here. Now, too, this this is to me more than a Jonathan Gannon and a Monty Austin for problem. See, this is where I want to turn back to the league and go, no, league, you caused this problem. This is you, NFL. This is why the coaching cycle and the higher thing all has to change. Uh, you're right. This you're is right. what, what you're right. like you've said a million times, Mike. I Great don't point. care. I don't Great care point. who you are. Wait. Hey, honey, I came home today. Yeah, we're preparing for the Super Bowl, but the Cardinals called me to baby be the head coach. Honey stops asking about the game from that point on, and then she starts going, how did the preparation for the interview go? I know we get the Super Bowl in nine days, but next day, how did the preparation for that $8 million a year job go? How did that preparation for that change our life job go again? So that's where I want to say... NFL, you you need to be dock some picks or give extra picks to some teams here for making no. this situation hard on right. people. Here's why they don't want the truth to come out. If the truth came out, it would be the moment where the groundswell starts to have a moratorium on all interviews until after the Super Bowl. That's why I think Maybe. it got brushed under the rug. Yeah. That's why I think there was no decree from the league, no press release explaining what the violation was. We're just going to let the two involved teams 
work this out among themselves because we don't want to have to issue a press release explaining exactly what happened and how it happened during a routine process of breaking down why they lost to the Kansas City Chiefs the way they did. The Eagles realized that there were extensive contacts between Monty Austin Fort and Jonathan Gannon and extensive preparations in which Jonathan Gannon engaged up to and including speaking to members of his defensive coaching staff about possibly joining him in Arizona. They don't want all that out there exactly. because the only solution to that is nobody talks to anybody about any of these jobs until the Super Bowl is over and any other scenario allows for this kind of stuff to happen and it does infect and affect and effect the integrity of the Super Bowl. It does. It does. It does. It does. If and your guy's distracted, right. planning and plotting for his next job, he's not as ready, his team isn't as ready. I think we're on to something here. They don't want us to know about it because if we know about it, the whole process as it's currently constructed gets blown up. Well, agreed. Agreed. I think it would definitely give some issues, put another spotlight on this problem that, again, is not right. They need to re redo this anyways. I think we're both in favor of that, right? I mean, we're in favor of it because of all the things we said during the time. We have been. Yeah, we have been. Like, it should wait. It's not fair to the Eagles. It's not fair to Jonathan Gannon. It's not fair to Arizona. It's not fair to anybody. Like, wait for the process to play out. Let the season finish. And let's go from there, NFL. I wish they would change that. But I will say, too, I think they, they opened up or, or you know, opened up Pandora's box here a little bit. Man, I mean, if I'm a good team next year with a coach, I'm just waiting for somebody to call my coach illegally. Hey, NFL, I got somebody to call. I want a swap of their picks and my picks in the third round. Maybe that'll start policing it now that this is, becomes a thing. I mean, it, it, you know, it maybe now now guys like Nick Sirianni gets wind of defensive coordinators doing something. He calls the league right away and goes, hey, they're doing it with that team. I want to switch fourth round picks. I don't know, but oh. they certainly have opened up Pandora's box there. But but, but in, a, in a roundabout way, yeah, that may be the only way to properly enforce it. It might be. Because now you're forcing guys to go to the trouble using burner phones and private email accounts. I really do think that Gannon and Austin Fort got sloppy, that it was more than just one phone call, That's that what Gannon I would think. created a, a trail of digital breadcrumbs that made it clear he was spending time during that two-week period where he should have been exclusively getting re the defense ready for the Super Bowl, working on getting ready for his interview, getting ready for putting a staff together, all the stuff you have to do to go get that job, to go seize that brass ring in the $8 million a year or whatever he's getting paid for it. And yeah, now, going forward, you do this at your own peril. Because now, assuming the NFL would ever let anyone do it again. See, that, that, that we're, we're assuming that this precedent they've created will be honored in the future. That's probably a mistake. <laughs> they make it up as they go. They fashioned a result here to keep it all under wraps. This was a way to keep it all under wraps and to keep it from exploding. It could be if somebody does this again, they're, they're, they're not going to, to have such an, an easy and simple outcome. We'll see. But I really do believe, Chris, that and, – and you know what? And this is good. It's good why we talk through these things. I think that this is about preserving the current interview process – because they know if the truth came out about what was going on and how it impacted the Eagles. And we can point to those two key plays. They weren't ready for those plays because Jonathan Gannon wasn't ready for the game. He wasn't as locked in as he should have been for the game because he was getting ready for his interview with the Cardinals and he was getting his staff ready and he was doing all the things you have to do to convince Michael Bidwell and Monty Austin for it to give you the job. And if that came out, 
you're right. It all gets thrown out and nobody talks to anybody. No communications, no emails, no phone calls, no nothing until after the Super Bowl has come and gone. And and there are plenty of people who want to do that now. Yeah. And that would have given everybody who wants to do it a big old chunk of red meat to sink their teeth into. And it may have affected the change that many have believed for years needs to happen. We love the league. That's why we're saying this stuff. We love the players and the coaches we in the league. We want all the games to be as good as exactly they can be. Exactly right. We want all of those things, and we want growth of the league and positives, and we want we talk about the league every day. We want more things to talk about. Why don't we just let the football be football in January and early February? And then when the Super Bowl's over, we can have a two- or three-week period where football still dominates the calendar because we're talking about coaches being hired at different places. We can bump the combine back a week. You're the king of the world, NFL. We can move everything around. We can make this work. I don't understand the value in doing this. It, it, it does not, I don't think, ultimately help the league that the, the way the process is right now. Um, so hopefully at some point they'll dive into that and maybe try to fix it. Think about it. That's six weeks. Is it six weeks or five weeks? It's five weeks, right? Yeah. Playoff, 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 week off, Super Bowl. Five weeks. It's a great cooling off period if you're thinking about firing your head coach. It gives you a chance to really dive into whether or not you want to keep your current coach. Sure. And it's also an opportunity to do a lot of work, a lot of background work, a lot of research on more candidates. Exactly. Maybe there are people out there that you aren't thinking of that you should be thinking of. Maybe there are coaches who, as of the end of the regular season, aren't on your list, who coach their way through the postseason to the top of your list, like Frank Reich did yeah. with the Colts and the Eagles. Back in 2017, where the Colts get left at the altar by Josh McDaniels, Frank Reich takes the Eagles to the Super Bowl victory, undistracted by any potential head coaching job. Frank Reich able to focus fully and completely on the task at hand of getting the Eagles ready to take on the Patriots and win the game. Then he gets his reward on the back end. Isn't that the way it should be? Yes. Yes. What are we missing here, Chris? No, I know. It's uh, and and again, and then, that's why they that's why they're hiding it from us. Because if we knew the details of this Jonathan Gannon situation, it would be all anyone is talking about. How in the f dash dash k does the NFL allow this poisonous infected process to continue? No, I, I know, and it is. It, it, it's it, but at the same time, I don't want to fault Jonathan Gannon totally here. I understand that. And I will product say of the system. Well, exactly a product of the system. And we see the guys that don't do that. They, they don't always get hired. They don't politic behind the scene enough. You know, we've seen Eric B I'm just going to coach a team. I'm not doing this right now. I, you know, we've seen that Lou Anarumo, the Bengals. I don't think he's really politicking behind the scene. He's letting his playoff talk and coaching do the talking for him. And we're seeing his name always get thrown out there at the end of the playoffs. Cause everybody goes, Whoa, what a defensive game plan. Whoa, that was awesome. But you know, because he doesn't politic or whatever else, I think some guys get left, you know, by the, the side of the road there because they didn't make the right calls in the end of December or early January to kind of get their name in the mix of things. And unfortunately, because of the way the system's set up, like you said, it's a product of the system and it's just the way it is right now. All right, we need to take a break. When we return, the first overall pick in the draft was Bryce Young. I asked Scott Fitter the moment. 
that he knew that Young was the right guy for the Carolina Panthers. We'll play his answer for you when PFT Live. When David Tepper said draft Bryce Young. Don't you love it when your little kids, like, they, they grow up and they want to challenge me? They want to challenge mustache. I've known CJ since uh, we were both in eighth grade. Uh, everyone can kind of see what he does on the field, especially during the Elite 11 Finals, how successful he was. No flag, right? He really can't guard me, though. No what are you doing? There's what are you no doing? audio on that. Is there audio? Is there a mic? There's audio on that. Give me that. I need that. <laughs> that is oh, awesome. That is really Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. <laughs> He said that Bryce had an old man mustache. That's amazing. That's he's eighth grade. He's got that mustache. That's damn impressive. The guy's the same size then as oh, he I is think- now. There's always that one kid in eighth grade who shaves. Right. And the other ones who have absolutely nothing to shave. Or or that guy who's 42 and has absolutely nothing to shave, as the case may be. Um, all right. So I, I do a post-draft interview series with GMs, mainly GMs, every once in a while a head coach. But a lot of GMs talk about their draft picks, their process, different issues. And I try to pick teams that have done something intriguing. And, of course, the Panthers did something very intriguing by having the first overall pick in the draft after they traded up with the Bears to get it. So here's Scott Fitter from yesterday. I was talking to him about Chris the moment that he knew that Bryce Young was the guy once they were at number one and they could have had any of the quarterbacks they wanted. Here's what he had to say. We really didn't decide until the Monday prior to the draft when I walked into Frank's office, said, okay, who are we taking? You know, just kind of a quick question. He said, Bryce, uh, I talked to Mr. Tepper about it. And uh, I think we were all on board. It was a consensus throughout the organization. Bryce was the right guy for us. Was there a moment where you sensed that's where it was going? Was it a meeting? Was it a discussion? Was it his pro day work? I mean, wh- when was it that you thought, you know what, I have a feeling this is where we're going to end up? You know, the the one thing that stands out is probably at dinner the night before his pro day. And we're sitting in a restaurant and uh, we're talking to him. And this is the first time, you know, you've interviewed him at, at the Combine in a, you know, 18-minute interview. We've talked to him at other places. But this is the time you see him in a social setting where we're sitting around a table and we're really just getting to know the guy and he's holding court. Help the folks who don't do this for a living understand the line from how someone handles themselves at a social dinner and how someone handles themselves on a football field. I'm sure it's not a bright, clear line. It's more of a jagged, dotted line. But what do you glean from those interactions that make you think this is going to be the right guy for us on a football field? You know, you, you feel the presence of the player, just like the command that they have. As he's sitting there at dinner, he was so poised. And you're like, okay, if I put this guy in the huddle, if Frank and I are saying this is the guy, we're putting him in the huddle, game's on the line. Bryce is the guy we want our players looking at, you know, knowing this is the guy that can get it done for us. We can win with this guy. I understand what he's saying, but it's – Two different contexts. This is different as it can possibly be. You've lived it. You've been there. You've been around your dad your whole life, who was a great quarterback. Is there a correlation between how someone conducts themselves at a dinner and how they conduct themselves on a football field, in a huddle, wherever, in relation to their job? Yes, there is, right? Being able to communicate, you know, being able to change you know your your the ways how you do communicate according to certain people at the table right 
because that's what you're going to get in an NFL huddle or locker room. You might have the receiver there who's boisterous and, you know, always got to complain or something. You got to be a little bit, you know, coddling with him and make him feel good. And then you might have an alignment who you need the mother F every now and then. And you got to be able to show those personality differences there. But, I mean, I don't think it's always apples for apples, right? I mean, hey, there's definitely been some quarterbacks where I'd go, well, I mean, him at a dinner setting, that'd be a rough, rough, uh, you know, he's a little rough around the edges, you know. He might say some things that are totally, you know, out of left field and maybe offend some people. But in the locker room or in a huddle, it ain't going to matter. That doesn't matter. I was actually, you know, thinking of like a Brett Favre, right? Brett Favre at a dinner coming out of high oh, school. Oh, God. He's probably throwing four-letter words out, drinking Cut a beer. Offs. Exactly. Right? So you're going, well. Picking he, his nose. Right, right. But what the hell's that got to do when he's on the field and in the locker room and with the huddle? Hey, a lot of those guys will like that you know, flip-flop beer, pick your nose, whatever, whatever it is there. So, you know, there's a fine line to what you're saying there uh, as far as, you know, letting that totally take over the conversation. <laughs> Lighten up, Sandy baby. That was the John Riggins line to Sandra Day O'Connor. Yeah, at a, right. At a social function, <laughs> once upon a time. Um, and and I just had this vision as you were explaining that, like, like, d- does Bryce Young show up and say, "All right, here's what we're gonna do. You're gonna order the steak, and you're gonna <laughs> right, ask for it right. medium well. You're gonna have the fish because you look like your shirt's a little bit tight tonight, and you need to lose some weight. You're gonna have a po- a piece of pie. You're gonna have a piece of cheesecake. I mean, I, I, I and I'm, I'm having fun." And I understand that you do glean certain things from how someone carries themselves. And that's after you've got the hay in the barn on the basic football skills. That's right. They're not just interviewing people who seem like they're very suave and easygoing and, you know, in command of a dinner function and saying, hey, go play quarterback. You got to have the skills or it's, it's not relevant. But I just thought that was a fascinating well, response. I had never thought of it that well, way. Well, and Mike, but, he says they uh, got the decision on Monday, but it really sounds like they've been leaning ever since dinner that it was really like, okay, maybe not 100%, but it sounds like dinner, the pro day, the night before, it was like dinner got done and it was like 98% you were going with Bryce Young. That's kind of way it way it sounds there the way he put it um okay we've got more sound from scott here's what we're gonna do let's keep it let's keep the show on track okay we we hit the one that i really wanted to hit okay the rest of it is available at pft the rest of it is available at the youtube.com slash nfl on nbc page there's a lot of stuff there. i'm going to be writing more about it as well uh how they're going to deal with his height and his weight and other issues but for now let's just since we spent so much time talking about the the Jonathan Gannon thing. Take a break. When we return, more PFT Live Wednesday edition. We'll be right back. So it was LeBron James and Steph Curry getting acquainted in the playoffs, and that sparked the idea for today's draft. Quarterback duels. We are looking forward to the most for the 2023 season. We should have the schedule by next Thursday, but we already know who's going to play. We just don't know the when. The when comes next week, but we know the matchups, 272 of them. Top quarterback duel, number one that you were looking forward to, Chris. I have a feeling I know what it is. Yeah, I I, I mean – you know what? I don't know if you do know what it is. This might get you by surprise a little bit. I, I mean, not so by surprise. It's I feel like it's one or the other. I'm going to go with Mahomes and Burrow once again. I am. You know, it, yeah, I, I know. But I, I guess this is where like we've talked about a lot lately. Mahomes is the man. He's the best player in the sport. He's going down a, a, a lane right now of maybe being the best player we've ever seen. It's all going in that direction, right? Allen, we know, is awesome. 
I feel like Mahomes and Allen are kind of friends. I don't know about Burrow and Mahomes. I get the sense Burrow gets underneath Mahomes' skin. I do. I mean, even after they won the AFC Championship game, he said a few things in the post-game press conference to like let the Bengals know and Joe Burrow. Hey, I, I heard we heard what you were saying, right? So that's where I think that one's gotten a little personal. And of course, the Bengals are trying to win a Super Bowl, uh, and Burrow's had the best of Mahomes, and he's the only guy in football that can say that for the most part. So that's the one I'm most excited for. I thought, and you're right, and there was the whole comment about. We don't have any cigars. Yeah, you know, exactly. There was, there was that, a few. The, the way that Mahomes can do it, a yes. very charming way that he throws shade. Right. It's great. Right. He's got a nice natural way of making his point without anybody saying that guy's being an ass. It's he's got a, It's perfect. It's perfect. I wish I could bottle it and sell it. So I agree with you. But we've seen that one before. Uh, yeah, I know. We still have not seen ever, not a single time, once due to injury, yeah. once due to COVID toe. Right. We've never seen Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. Never, ever. And we, ho- I hope, I hope we're finally going to see it. I would schedule that one early, just in case. Just in case there's an injury that knocks a soft kilter again. We need to finally see Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Sunday Night Football, week four. Sounds about right. Doesn't that sound about right? Mm, it does. Yeah, Sunday they're they're good. They're, that's that's right. what we need. They got their feet underneath them. The teams are starting to hit their stride, right? That would be about the the perfect time there. I, I would agree with that. So I'm, I'm excited to see that for sure. I mean, there's, there's no doubt. I mean, it's we've been cheated. It's like it's like cursed, that matchup. But we always get so close to it. We're like, ah. Oh. do it from the stadium. We could do. We could all go. We could all go. It's just down the road. Chiefs at Jets. Oh, that would Sunday be Sunday night football. We'll all be there. I'll Gang's be there. Yep. Here. You don't even. You don't even ask you and me. We'll do the pregame from there for sure. Like no doubt about it. Just sign me up right now. Um, so I'm with you there. All right. Now this is where it gets interesting. I think I'm going to go down the route of like. I, we haven't seen this matchup before, so I'm just kind of excited to see it. And Josh Allen at Justin Herbert. You know, Bills at Chargers, right? We haven't seen them. They haven't played each other yet. So that's where uh, it's it's two of the, the biggest, strongest arms you've ever seen in the history of the sport. And, and of course, they've got Megatron-type bodies to go along with it. And Justin Herbert and the Chargers with, yeah, it's time to win a playoff game, go to that next phase for Brandon Staley. Ever. We, you have talked about it a lot. The Bills, it's a lot of pressure right now. You know, they haven't got to that Super Bowl yet. So that's one we haven't seen yet, and I'm excited to see it for the first time this coming season. Well, we showed the clips of them when they were kids, and they're going to square off. It seems like every time the number one and number two right? overall picks are quarterbacks, they end up playing that year. Remember Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston? Open the year. one right. of their rookie seasons right. started out facing each other maybe that's what we'll get here houston texans at carolina panthers cj stroud at bryce young and you know it's one of the only exciting games on the texan schedule unless they win more games than we expect the panthers i think are going to be better than the texans but it'd be great to see the two of them uh square off and we will and we may see it fairly early in the season who knows no i that it is it's it's too Young guns, they obviously like each other. We know the one-verse-two thing always adds a little extra competitive nature to the whole thing, right? So you can have bragging rights there. 
And, yeah, with the relationship that we just saw there, that makes it even cooler as well. I didn't realize it went back that far. Let's take a break. We'll do round three of the draft of the quarterback duels we're most looking forward to for the upcoming season when PFT Live continues right after this. By the way, before we continue, multiple reports indicating that Randall Cobb's signing with the Jets, but there was no wish list for Aaron Rodgers. Just a coincidence, yeah. <laughs> Randall Cobb signing with the Jets. All right, one more round. All right, one more round. I, I mean, the first thing that you know, we have a huge list of all the matchups. The one thing that jumps out to you is it, going back to what we've been, the AFC. I mean, holy crap. I mean, we, it's the AFC, it's just we, so far we only got one NFC quarterback on here. That's because you picked C.J. Stroud in the Bryce Young matchup. Pretty amazing, really, right now. And I'm, I'm staying. I'm going to add one NFC guy in here, but I've got another AFC guy in the Battle of New York. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm for me personally, Aaron Rodgers at my man Daniel Jones, right? Or it's the other way around. It's the or no, it is. It's it's the Jets at the Giants. You know, I mean, the new king of New York and Danny Dimes and the Giants and what they're doing and my favorite football team, and now it's Aaron Rodgers, who was my favorite quarterback for so long. He's going to be there trying to beat my team and doing all that. I can't wait to see that. I can't. And Danny Dimes just got a hold of this town and got everybody liking him, and Aaron Rodgers comes by and takes away some of the you know, the love there, and he swooped in and you know, taken all the attention away. So I'm, I'm excited for the battle in New York with those two guys. That feels like a good week one game, too. It does, right? I honestly, when you brought up Thanksgiving earlier, too, I was like, I wonder if they'd make that like the third Thanksgiving game on Thanksgiving night. Like, it wouldn't be a bad idea either. Peter King suggested the other day that the leader in the clubhouse for the Black Friday game, or as you would say, leader house, is Eagles-Giants. So that would take the Giants out for Thanksgiving night. Eagles-Giants would be the first ever Black Friday game on Amazon. Okay. Uh, well, and I was giving Pete a hard time earlier because he does. Pete does a very good job of making a list of options for us when we have a draft like this. Today, I said, Pete, it's the phone book. It's there, but but I I have one that's not on. Oh, the list that Pete put. Ooh, Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson. Mm. Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson, the yeah. guy who got the two hundred thirty million dollar fully guaranteed contract, and the guy who finally gave up the effort to get one. They haven't played as Browns, Ravens quarterbacks they yeah Lamar was division rivalry last starts time around, now right Deshaun was suspended the right. first time around it really begins now and that that's one that's under the radar but it shouldn't be browns ravens deshaun and lamar i know you're right we you know we, we forget about deshaun a little bit just because of everything there but man the afc north but those three quarterbacks and burrow lamar and and uh, deshaun watson wow That's it. We're out of time. Thanks for joining us. See you tomorrow. See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash.